0: Hello! Welcome to Waiting for Game, of podcast presented by Melee Stats. I am your host, Gimme That Wheat, and we are here today to talk about Riptide, big Midwest major, you know, representing, uh, basically representing kind of all of the Midwest, especially with their really cool crew battle here. So we have someone who I think has an insane knowledge of not only the Midwest, but also just like a great knowledge of a lot of the in-game minutiae, uh, and just like one of the people who is like brimming with knowledge every time you see them talk online i am of course talking about my good friend edwin budding how's it going edwin
1: it's going great wheat i'm so excited to jump into riptide to jump into the top 100 update this week and i'm really happy to not just talk about with you but also talk about with our wonderful guest ssb seal seal how's it going it's going good but you know guys i think
2: i made a mistake coming on the podcast today I just realized I'm not going to be able to listen to it on my drive home from Riptide. I'm not going to have that two hours of content to bring me home.
0: <laughs> it could be under two. could be under That's two true. hours. <laughs> That's
2: true. But yeah, I'm doing great. Happy to be back on the podcast. Last time was just Edwin and I. So we got a got a, a nice group of three this time.
0: mm. Uh yeah, I'm happy to get to speak to you, and, and happy to give you the opportunity to speak to someone else. You and Edwin on the podcast for two hours <laughs> sounds interesting. But uh, I'm here as a little buffer zone. But yeah, we before we get to Riptide, obviously Riptide is going to be kind of the focus of this episode. But uh, we got some small some small stuff coming up. So uh, as you might have seen for any of those who uh, follow me, that the Twitter was a buzz today with talk of. The top 100, of course. <laughs> what else but the news of uh, you know, some some kind of some of the small things about the top 100 that uh, you know, got finalized. So of course that we're going to see. Um, the season is going to last up until DreamHack Atlanta. That is uh, December 17th is the last day. So we're we're gonna get basically uh, a couple more months of this. We're about we've got like three more months of tournaments to to kind of you know place everyone within that frame. Um. And just to be clear, you know, we we basically have kept it the same as we did last year, and as MPGR and SSBM Rick always have. But we're doing three majors as the requirement, or uh, two majors with significant data through regionals. Unfortunately, the Mango system might have to wait for another day. Now, Edwin, you you and I were talking about this. You did a little research on uh, on the Ed, on, on the Edwin system on the, on the Mango system. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think about this uh, this proposed system? What are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah. So I want to uh, kind of just zoom out for a second. I'm going to talk about something in the abstract, maybe something very universal, right? And I think whenever something is in the public sphere and it's supposed to represent a community, I think everybody who consumes that uh, that bit of content or that bit of media wants to feel like uh, not just the fact that they're represented, but they want to make their voice heard. I encourage that everybody who engages with the rankings in some semblance understand that um, or I encourage that they all make their voice heard. And I appreciate the fact that everybody wants their voice to be heard or to be represented in some sorts in the rankings. Right. So when Mango suggests something like the Mango system where he believes that, you know, that. This many amount of tournaments should be the standard if you want to be, qualify for the list or different portions of the list. And you get to pick and choose which of your best tournaments are selected or a panel selects your best tournaments. I understand that this is his perspective on the rankings, right? And it comes from a place of being a top 10 player and or, or whatever and feeling feeling like his input into the rankings and his perspective on how they should be done should uh, should be the way it, it happens, but uh, unfortunately, the, the top 100 is with 100 people, right? So I think what may seem like reasonable activity requirements to make a major for one group of players, like the tippy top ones or the ones in the top 10 or whatever, is, is not necessarily going to translate to the vast majority of players that are going to be on the list. And frankly, the majority of players that we're trying to represent and market through, through this kind of list, right? So while... Five or six majors may not sound like a lot for a player at the top level for the entirety of the list. You know, we're talking about people who who could maybe only like there's there's a large portion of players who can only go to maybe like two or three majors a year with a with regionals or or local data, you know, God forbid, (laughs) uh, providing the rest of their their data set that goes to the panelists and i think one of, one of the really cool things with the with the ranking system the the way that we do it, and the way that we do with the pan, with an informed panel is that we we take all these things into consideration right this is not a one size fits all type approach that we're trying to take we're trying to take something that's very case by case we're trying to you know create a range of possible uh you know eligibility requirements that that ensure that all types of players are are captured within this right not not just people at the very top or not just a small selection of players. So that's something that I think um, that's something that I think is, is reflected in this update speech, not, or this update announcement, not just the fact yeah, that, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <I> suppose <laughs> not at the, not just the fact that we have a final tournament for the ranking period, but the fact that we, we, we have a relatively loose major major eligibility requirements. And I think historically speaking, this, this is the approach we've always taken uh, as far as ensuring that, enough people are able to be put on the ballot with notable results so that we can come up with a functional list i i think the problem is when you, when you come with this when you come up with this really strict criteria on either what counts or what should count or how many how much is enough to be counted you you end up excluding a lot of people and and, and you end up getting rid of a, a massive part of the range of of potential players that you can select to create a top 100 list so uh when, when i hear talk about how um how it's vague or how it's unclear it, it's not necessarily a problem it's 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 intentionally done so that we can capture a large portion of players that are able to be represented on this list seal you've, you've been watching melee for quite a bit you you know what kind of players tend to show up at majors or from top level to people contending for a top 100 uh, let me ask you something does does this appear in your mind from your years of experience watching the scene and going to terms does does this appear to be true or, or do you think that a one-size fits all approach is is the way or that or that there should only be this five or six best tournaments per player or whatever what, what do you think
2: yeah i know i think it's clear pretty much to anyone that's like in touch with a lot of the uh, contenders so to say people maybe within the 50 to 100 range or the people just outside of that range even um that it's just not really reasonable to expect them to be able to make it to that many majors Um, Of course, the sponsored top players, they have funding from their organizations, their teams, their streams, um, whereas other people are probably just either struggling to get the PTO approved or um, trying to scrape together the funds at a part-time job. So um, there's just so many people, especially like I'm sure we'll talk about some today here in the Midwest that uh, just are only able to get out to maybe like three majors a year, if that even.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's definitely a difficult journey to, to to try to capture all these different individual players that that not only you know um, are different skill levels would interact with the game so differently. You know, um, so it's definitely interesting, and I, I love when people. Uh, Come up with ideas because I think that it's good to have different ideas. Um, I, I sometimes the ideas come at the expense of us somehow. Like sometimes the idea is like, "Here's an idea uh, that these virgin losers couldn't think of," and it's like, "What? <laughs> come, on, come on, guys!"
2: And then you have to um, hear it from all the fans. <laughs> true, true.
0: But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it's an interesting thing. I I do think that like, you know, we talked about before um not on the podcast i'm realizing now that it was on radio melee <laughs> but i t- talked about the idea of like well you know what if you did uh different parameters for different sections right i think that's what what is commonly said when we say the well-trodden response of we're making a list that has to account for a 100 as much as it does number one mm-hmm. um and the response to that is like well what if you had a different parameters for the top 10 and i'm like you know that that Obviously the difference between 99 and 100 and one and number two is probably more important. <laughs> I'm gonna go on a limb uh, but yeah it's just like adding all these different things right We already have 30 some people who um, you know make these ballots. There, there's a lot of like when when you open stuff up to this there's, there's a lot of logistics there's already logistics in terms of what counts as what right what's a regional, what's a major, what's a local um, off season. Is something that, uh, you know, I did some talking to top players who were going, uh, both as a invited player and as a player who had to go through the open bracket, talked to some of the members of Optic who were running it. And it's just like, it's so crazy that the idea of like having to do that for all these tournaments to determine, you know, this one counts, this one doesn't. Like, and it's just, I don't even know, well, what's the logical endpoint for this? Mango's seventh best tournament, he loses to JMook. So he doesn't have a JMOG loss. What, does J have a manga win? Because what if that happened at one of J six best tournaments, right? Like what the, the ideas here I think are interesting and it's just one of those things where it's like, let me see it, right? You know, if you wanna uh prove that this is what we should be doing, I'm sure there's a way to do that other than just like sight unseen change it that it has been for the ten you know past ten years or whatever. Uh regardless, I do think that alternate rankings that like try to have a very different approach, I think could uh, have a place in the scene, right? You know, this isn't necessarily a monopoly. I don't know if we'll get to a point where something other than SSBM rank is going to be considered as official. Um, but it, you know, I, I still think that like if we're going to have ideas, you know, run it, right? Might as well show a proof of concept out there, you know, like these that could create stuff that then affects SSBM rank in some way, right? Even if it's just not a wholesale change, but like if there is an idea that is shown and, and you like. You know, you take your hypothesis and you put it to action. Uh, you yeah, know, who knows? Uh, but, but yeah, we talk about the top one hundred, right? And we talk about it as a as a list of one hundred players. And I uh, see, I think you are right. When you talk about it, it's insanely um, just like uh, what's the best word for this? Not foolish, um, but it's just like a, it's a little wrong to imagine that a um, hundred players are going to like six majors a year or one major a month, or whatever like is floating around when these conversations talk about, and if you did make a list of the top 100 best players with the six major requirement, um, like, dangers, probably, in the 70s, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like the, the list might not be exactly what we think it is, but um, you know, you're right, we've got a lot of great players who only show up at certain things, and the Midwest, I think, is a region that specifically embodies uh, kind of what Edwin's talking about, right? This idea of like, it being vague and the idea that we're not coming out and saying, like, Riptide is an A-tier major. You must attend at least three A-tier majors or one S-tier major if you attend one B-tier Like, the reason why we don't do this is because everyone's kind of got different stuff going on. And if you attend three majors, then, like, that might be the same amount of data as someone attending uh, two majors in a couple of regionals. So, like, when you talk about the Midwest, I think you're right. Like, Riptide, there's a lot of killers here who you don't see in other stuff in terms of you know you're gonna see like maybe genesis or something like that but uh with gommel kind of getting bigger with the big house obviously staying the staple it is uh we do get to see some midwest representation but a lot of this is like they are filling in the gaps between all of their regionals because i think it's a scene that is like very very strong in the region and uh within its own region um so that being said we're coming up to riptide we've got the chance for all these players who've, uh, you know, gone off at regionals, at locals, at whatever, uh, this is their chance to prove themselves. So, CL I'm asking you, you know, you are a person who's been all around the Midwest. Um, what are your some of your, like, uh, ideal candidates when we talk about who is going to go into a major like Riptide and come out, kind of having shown their stuff with, like, a different, um, you know, like, basically having shown all the growth that they had at locals and regionals? Who, who are some of the candidates that you think of?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, there's a, there's one really obvious one. We did talk about it during the pre-show, so I'm going to just go ahead and get out of the way. Um, it is the, possibly the one of the biggest hidden bosses right now, um, and it is Hossify from Michigan, um, a former Falco, now Marth player, who in his own region, I believe is 2 or even 3 on Ginger this year at Locals. Is um, also taken multiple or has at least won one set against KGH. Um, And he is looking in line to be possibly number one in the state right now. Yeah. We also watched him win um, the most recent body fairly dominantly. Um, Ober still had a great loser's run there, but it wasn't enough to uh, stop Ossify from... I think he only lost one game in the entire tournament, and it was in grand finals to Ober. So... Ausville obviously stands out there just because I think the only other major he's attended this year was um Get on my level if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And I think at that tournament it was one of those sort of classic events where you just place your seed, you don't really get any crazy good wins, um you don't take any bad losses by any means, but you're you're still out there and you know you did something at least.
0: Yeah, Osify kind of one of those players that embodies this idea of like re- why regionals matter so much for certain players. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even just like his his local performances you, you talk about. Yeah, he's. I think he's even. I think he has more than one KGH win. I don't know if it's the season or the year or whatever. I've definitely seen him beat him more than once. Like, um, yeah, at like you just look at a player and through locals, and it's one of those great things about Smash that sometimes you don't get, which is, like, you watch a player get better and better and better, and then you're just like, oh, baby, I can't wait till they get to show this off. And, like, Osify is a perfect example of that. Yeah, Um, you mentioned Gamal. I feel like he got, like, 33rd or something, kind of one of those modest things yeah. where he just, like, loses to a couple good players. Yeah, he lost to Spark and Khalid, uh, beat Zaza, formerly Midnight Blue, and, uh, ooh, here's a tough one, MGMG, how do you pronounce that?
2: I think it's just the initials M G M G but uh that's at least how I'd say it.
0: Yeah, he's got uh he's got wins on those players, which is just kinda like a, a tournament that doesn't really tell you anything, but but he's also got um you know, he's got the Cermaris win that he got at uh god god. I think it was shield drop. Um so it's like obviously he yeah. he has the the ability to prove himself with smaller things, so I think he's a great pick in terms of someone who could You know, really take Riptide as the opportunity to to show stuff off. What do you think, Edwin? When you think of the Midwest, you're not as traveled as Seal. (laughs) But, like, I I know that you still... uh, The Midwest is a very interesting region that you still, obviously, have a lot of thoughts on. Like, who are some players that you think about that could have breakouts at large or, like, specifically Riptide?
1: Yeah, um, obviously I'm very biased when I bring up this player, but I am especially excited to see how Flash does at his second major. I mean, this is someone who the the legend of flash started kind of his the... third if you ask me yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, I guess i don't know i true. guess you're not as much of a real Can't flash fan as uh, I am. okay all right the, the point is we're, we're talking about someone who whose break out or his come up basically happened behind closed doors during the during that pandemic i mean Flash back then, Professor Flash was someone who was uh, just a power ranked player in region that suddenly started uh, posterizing like top 25 players and in, in secret net play sessions. Then came to Riptide and had his big ninth place breakout where he beat Ginger and only lost to Wizzy twice. He like destroyed pleba and pools as the as the underdog <laughs> of pleba's pool which i think is really funny and then i, I mean this year he's he's done great anyway, we're, we're talking about someone that beat salt beat b bats beat kjh uh multiple times i think lowercase hero yeah lowercase hero uh i said salt beat junebug recently at SmashCon. True. i mean flash uh, if, if we're talking about uh, someone that, and now this is a stat show, but if we're talking about that pa- someone that passes the top 50 vibe check, <laughs> it's got to be him, right? <laughs> it, I, I think Flash could could potentially uh, have a really big run at this tournament. And um, I'm not just saying that because we're his sponsor. <laughs> I, I truly <laughs> believe in him.
0: Yeah, no, Flash, we, um, we first talked about him on the Riptide episode. Actually, like I think we talked about him before the Riptide episode as someone who could break out, uh, but but I was definitely not expecting the breakout he had back at, at his Riptide. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things with with Flash is that like you you see all these players who get good, um, through either their smaller region or through what is becoming increasingly popular, which is you see players who get very good versus uh, through net play, and uh, there's always this like this curve right this this like the growing pains when uh when they actually come to a major and i just never saw that with flash right i didn't see it at riptide uh when he in 2021 when he went i didn't see it at Bemi. uh i i de- didn't see it at SmashCon. like i remember talking to him at SmashCon as a yeah hashtag ad i guess because we are a sponsor <laughs> i was talking to him and i was like hey man whatever number is next to your name at the end of this don't worry you succeeded by just coming to the tournament, right? Like, uh, we've had so many people who come and they just, like, want to show off everything, right? Especially from, you know, mainly stats players. We're, we try to get people from regions that they don't get to travel much. And they are just, like, mounting pressure on themselves. And I think that every player that we have has done great. But, like, I just wanted to be clear. I was like, hey, Flash, you know, you haven't gone to a tournament forever. Like, you haven't gone to a major in forever. This is, uh, that was his first, like, out-of-region major you know, Bemi, obviously, out of region, but different experience. Um, and, like, nothing I said mattered because he just kind of was cool as a cucumber the entire time. Like, he uh, he obviously had that really close loss to to the Swooper. But, like, other than that, he he looked great in, like, every set he played. And he still looked great in that set. So it's just, you know, sometimes you get swooped on. So, like, no, Flash is an amazing pick here. Uh, Preeminent also has, like, a pretty good bracket here. I think Preeminent definitely has a chance to... Make a little bit of a run, definitely make it to round two pools and winners, which um that sounds like that should be more of an accomplishment than it is, but but this kinda like uh <laughs> kinda like we talked about last week with um with Shine, or two weeks ago with Shine, round two pools round one pools is, is not a cakewalk. So I think preeminent oh, no. man, preeminent no. like has no, I no, think no. Free Palestine, which seems like a really That's uh, pretty tough. It's a tough one, but honestly preeminent has like made his mark through, kind of just, like, can, yeah. trudging through all these, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's got, like, Sheik wins, got Marth wins, obviously. You know, free, free Palestine, I don't think he'll go Fox, but he has a Fox. Like, uh Preeminent's just, mm-hmm. like, been making his grade this year by going to all these Midwest regionals and playing all these matchups, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, see, I don't know if there's anyone else you have in mind in terms of...
2: Oh, yeah. Okay, I well, let's not go crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I won't go too crazy. There's a couple Ohio players specifically, though, that I want to talk about. I feel like we haven't got to see enough of them this year, at least enough for me. I, I, I think like I to know watch where you're all going
1: these with one of them.
2: It... Yeah, the first one should be fairly obvious, of course. It is Lord <laughs> Dref. Um Dreffin himself. He's definitely put Melee a bit on the back burner this year. Um believe he's had a, a child, so, of course, life comes first, and... Melee will always be here for Drefin, as uh, has been shown throughout his illustrious, like, what, 18, 19-year career at this point. Um, he's been around forever. But yeah, it'll be great to get to watch Drefin. Um, he is... I have it right here. Let me double check. He is going to be playing Just Joe. Um And then if he wins that, he's actually going to be facing Moki. Moki, obviously, a pretty tough draw. Honestly, I think both it's of those are pretty really tough. Yeah, just Joe also kind of tough, but I hear he's playing laserless Falco, and Dreffen's really good against Falco, if you ask me, so might not be quite as scary as an initial bracket read would sound. Um, but some other Ohio players, too. The real thing, another person I feel like we haven't got to see enough of. We did get to see him at Bemi and Shield Drop, but I can't remember I any other was, I think he was at SmashCon.
0: It was just one of those... Uh... Uh, I think he I think he might have been part of the Asashi Losers run is the, is the issue.
2: <laughs> one of the many okay. souls taken down sometimes on that run. You just get caught in there sometimes, yeah. And one other Ohio player, too, that I am interested to watch here is Holiday. Yeah, um, yeah Holiday was one of those players who I feel like was sort of starting to break out in 2019. He was a Fox main at that time. Um, I remember him taking some good wins back then. And then he sort of disappeared during the net play era. There was like a Puff at one point. Let's
0: not, let's not gloss over <laughs> yeah, that.
2: That's, that's true. But yeah, in like 2020 and 2021, we didn't see too much of him. And then he reemerged in 2022 as a Sheik main. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people may actually not even know that he plays Sheik now. But um, Holiday, he's been on the grind. I'm in a chic uh, Discord that he's in. And he is quite active in there, always posting clips that he screen that he uses his phone to record his computer screen. <laughs> um, no, but he's, he's like always posting situations of being like, was this the right thing to do here? Like, what could I have done better? So, like, I'm really looking forward to see what he does. Yeah. He does have Grab, who I'll tell you firsthand is pretty tough, um, even as a uh, Marth player, which obviously most cheeks will enjoy encountering. Um, but there is a possibility there, so we'll have to see if uh, Holiday can show off his new main and make a big run here um, yeah. in his hometown major.
0: Holiday, kind of an interesting corollary to uh, ossify is like two players yes. who were really, really good. ossify was, I think, seated like top 16 or top 20 at, at one of the National Mailer Acadians, for those who don't know. like mm-hmm. He has been very good for a very long time and then kind of disappeared through... Through online came back as a yeah. different main i think yeah holiday definitely someone who is looks like very well looked like holiday could have made top 100 if 2020 continued and uh mm-hmm. you know kind of fell off through that uh online era and came back yeah i think holiday is an amazing pick i think osfa is an amazing pick honestly seal got a lot of amazing picks in you <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you that's uh if i didn't i'd be a bit embarrassed honestly <laughs> you gotta
0: gotta know the midwest like, like a great afro you have amazing picks in you edwin what do you have any uh more thoughts no. on on the midwest here before we kind of go to the tournament at large
1: uh yeah i i i think this person counts as midwest <laughs> i would hope so oh, but uh, i think we're I having think midwest
0: Sir, discussion no, i i think Sir Maris discourse... is,
1: it could could have a third straight really strong performance here uh, you know the the funny thing with sir maris is i feel like he's he's been pretty good for a while last year obviously got ranked top 100 uh i looked at his resume like for the year and especially since august and i think it's pretty funny because like ben is the really big win on his resume right now for the year but like if you look at sir maris's wins and losses it's kind of like <laughs> it's it's very it's very interesting because it's filled to the brim with a bunch of names that you can expect to see in the bottom half of top 100 or or pretty safe ballot names so like just giving it the uh, a brief like just like glazing over his sets for a second he's got a lot of wins he's got wins on like essie he's got um hold on I-, I had it written down right here he he had wins on like essie he um he beat Quang, He beat Jai Ryden. He beat Null. Obviously, I mentioned the Benwin before. So yeah, he has got some he's got some stuff this year. Like a lot of it, a lot of it is either like names that are that are just kind of like below the like the top fifty right now, but sort of in that contention or could break it with a really big breakout performance. So he's got a, a ton of like these really small wins that are that are pretty impressive, and obviously he just got a top. 35 win at at shine. So I'm interested to see how Samaris does here, whether he's going to just grab like three, three or four, like two or three more names to add to his resume of people that he's beaten. If he's just going to like beat the entire 51 to a hundred range, or if he's going to take, take home another really big name. So I think he's definitely someone to look out for here.
0: You've been talking a lot about Samaris recently. You had a, you had a long spiel about him last episode. You got this episode. I better not hear you say anything about him next episode. He's cracked. <laughs> He's cracked. I agree. We don't have to talk about it every single week. <laughs> no, Sir Maris. Uh, Sir Maris. I actually recently moved to Ohio, so that, so if you look at the uh, oh. the the cruise, you might see. Yeah, that that might be a question: Why is Sir Maris on the Ohio? Oh, crew? Ohio's I,
1: crew is so stacked, dude. It is. Oh my it's god. it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're too strong. Uh, we'll see. Y'all. You yeah. are someone who pledges your allegiance to a couple different. Um, that's true states in in the midwest we've got the crew battle we've got uh honestly this is probably like the the biggest midwestern crew we've seen maybe ever i don't know we probably have to go back a real long time to see something like this like the obviously there's some players who are missing no uh i don't really know if any of these states necessarily are at like full strength even ohio which like basically is is like has all their best players i think could be you know, supposedly better, <laughs> like, if, if Zealot is actually a player um, and not just a figment of our imagination. But, like, yeah, this this is, like, one of the... um, yes, yeah, it's, it's probably, like, one of the most real Midwest battles that we've seen maybe ever. Oh, yeah. So, there's a lot of players who are going into this. Uh, uh, there's a lot of Midwest representation. So, I do have to ask, who do you think is going to end up winning this crew battle?
2: Yeah, Um. well... As much as I would like to choose one of the three states in the Midwest that I've lived in, um, I'm probably gonna have to say that uh, Ohio is gonna take it. Their crew mm-hmm. is just really strong. Like, there, everyone is just capable of like making top 100, if not like well into the top 100, if they if they're uh, hitting their peak results here. And I think that if it's not Ohio and Michigan at the, in the finals, then Something crazy happened.
0: Yeah. So for reference here, and unless anything has changed, but I believe that the crews are Drefin, Free Palestine, Sermaris, which is, you know, after moving to Ohio, that's why he's on there, Flash and Essie with Balloon Day and The Real Thing as an Alternative, which <laughs> that's the insane. The Thing as an Alternative. You're like, me The Real so things your Alternative? I heard that's that before crazy. I heard the crew. I heard that The Real Thing was an Alternative, and I was like, oh, something's messed up here. Someone, Someone, you know, they did a... They did a mistake. And then I heard the crew, and I went, that might
2: actually just be right. Yeah.
1: Like, that might you know, be the correct take. What is Illinois' crew? Illinois', Illinois crew is kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's no Scurzo. Um, there's no Mech. And, um... There's there's another guy who's missing
0: from – there's another, like – when you mentioned Mech, and it reminded me of there's another player who's missing from the Illinois crew. Like another, like, mid-tier – Kind of, you know, yeah. maybe again pl- yeah, player, maybe again Yeah, I know who
1: you're talking talking about. Uh, God, like, what's his, what's his name? Do you know Seal?
0: D's, I think it's Dugo D's.
2: Oh yeah, of course. Well, I <laughs> think yeah. it's DZ because D's would would be the SoCal chic player. I
0: thought they were pronounced the same.
2: Oh, I say DZ at least. I say the initials, but it is lower. Or that's confusing with Matt Deasy. <laughs> that's true, but it's like Another capital D, D lowercase Z, so I could see that being read as D's rather than DZ. Um,
0: Regardless, Illinois, Cruz, Zamu, yeah. Ober, Peanutphobia, Michael, and Q? Yeah. Which, like, that's that's a lot of strong players. I think, like, the only thing is is that, like, you are talking about crews that, like, are literally filled with possible top 100 players like ohio i would probably put money that at least four out of these five make top 100 yeah easily uh and you could actually probably make a pretty decent bet that all five would make the top 100 and you look at michigan and the real thing too and the real thing right like they <laughs> hell
2: even balloon day people. can get on there but you
0: could do it <laughs> crazy things have happened but like michigan is ginger KJ ossify who we've obviously mentioned yeah. j cubes braz monkey uh no quang no morse code mm-hmm. or even someone like kiyoshi who we don't really see much of like could could be a real boon to that but like yeah. we are seeing a little bit of a of a uh Drumwalk. michigan that is yeah there's a little bit of a drop off there michigan that's maybe not at full power so like I don't know. That's if you. If there's one thing about this that like really makes me think it's Ohio is Michigan not being at full strength, Illinois not being at full strength. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Indiana missing Blue is a, is a real and like yeah. oh, like the the imders of the world is is a real tough thing. But um, overall, I think this tournament or you know the the little little mini tournament, the crew battle is uh, it's gonna be so interesting. So who are, who are you rooting yeah. for? You've uh, you've lived in a lot of these states. You've right broke bread with a lot of these players.
2: Yeah, um, I would probably have to say if I'm rooting for one crew, I think I might have to go. Oh, this is hard. So Ooh, some, some,
0: some heartbreak is going to come after the Ooh. after you answer this.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I probably gotta I probably gotta go with Wisconsin. I think all the people in the Wisconsin crew are, I've just been friends with, like, for the longest compared to the other crews. So while I while I have great affection towards, like, I would say pretty much everyone on all of the crews, I'm pretty sure I'm like, at least no, I know them all pretty well. But um, the Wisconsin people, like, we'd probably just go back the furthest. So um, I'll have to go with them. But I will say, early, in the last section we were talking about players, If I had some more time, I definitely would have also wanted to mention uh, Shabo, Q, and Over as all players that just barely missed top 100. And it'll be very interesting to see if they can punch that ticket this year with a good major here and maybe Big House too. So Chicago probably would be my second pick as that's my home, I would say, my, my true home region is Chicago.
0: Well you uh you know we gave you a sophie's choice and you you did it i i will say you made the choice pretty pretty easily so uh i appreciate that appreciate you you made it you did a lot easier than sophie did when (laughs) i guess there (laughs) are she made that choice (laughs) the circumstances were a little different i guess we could all (laughs) we could all agree um Edwin, there's a lot of players here outside of the Midwest. Obviously, this is, uh, it's missing a couple top players, but this is still a major. This is a major that I think uh, not as much as Shine did when we when we last, you know, talked about a major. Um, but there's a lot of implications here on the, kind of the larger sphere of melee, right? We talked about a lot of players in the Midwest who can make top 100 based off of this. But there's a lot of people who can go up and down uh, within the rankings, within the, like, you know, even the the. The, kind of the top echelon of rankings here. So uh, when when we talk about players here, who do you think has the most to prove?
1: Yeah, so we actually I think we discussed this in, in person actually at Sh- Shine with Zamu where Zamu talked about you know, oh, what, a, what it was like being a top 25 player, top 20 player or whatever, and he mentioned that he was ranked above a certain player and he said, yeah, you know, I'm better than him well, I don't actually think I'm better than him, but my results are better than him right now. And he was talking about Ginger. I'm really excited to see Ginger at this event. I think Ginger, pound for pound, like when it comes to his performances at regionals and majors from what little we've seen of Ginger this year, has actually been pretty strong. You know, Hmm. this is someone who has gradually risen about through as long of a time span playing the game as you'll find. You know, literally playing since the game came out like was was kind of a regional mid-level player you know as relatively recently as 2015 just had this very slow but gradual and persistent rise to being to eventually entering the you know contention for top 15 or whatever during the pandemic right and this and ginger again when when you think of active grinders when you think of players who go to every tournament who play a ton of melee ginger is near the top of that list and i think what's been interesting about this year or what's been unusual about this year is that 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 hasn't really been the case for ginger ginger actually took a step back from social media entirely stopped stopped streaming for a while uh, didn't really go to as many really big events as we were as we were used to seeing from him before um, he, he, said that he was taking a break from the community because he wanted to deal with his personal health. And, but I think the interesting thing about him amid all of that is that if you just look at each of his tournament results on his own, they're quite good. And I don't mean just quite good for ginger, ginger standards. I mean, like unusually, unusually good for him. Um, earlier in the year, everybody used to talk about ginger having a Falcon problem. He beat SJ at Genesis. Everyone used to talk about how ginger couldn't beat any of the Barthes. He beat Kudorn at wisdom oh, yeah. So that was really there's impressive. a lot of steps that we've seen that are, or there's a lot of progress that we've seen, kind of through a what's the opposite of dense? The through you know a large spread of tournaments that kind of have a lot of time in between them. So I think it's hit. It's potentially hidden what's otherwise been a pretty big step forward for him this year, even if it's not one that necessarily coincided with him having a rank that corresponds to what we think of his skill and what we think of his potential. Um, I, I think it's there. And I think, and I'm really curious to see how ginger does after his long break from the game. Cause I think he's quite good. I, I think he's really good at the game. And I think he's a, I think he's a scary out for any opponent. I, I really mean that.
2: Yeah. I have uh, two things that I'll say about ginger at this tournament. Um, first is he does have plop in his path which I'm really interested to watch since um, at Genesis 8, Ginger actually defeated Pluck for the first time, 3-2, to two, um, after, frankly, having a really tough time with Pluck for a long time. Like, I've, I've As watched many those do. Online. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, it's Pluck after all. Um, but, frankly, I was really surprised when he managed to beat him. It was, I thought it was very impressive. It's a great showing. Um, and I'll be really interested to see if he can do it again, or if um, Plop, who apparently is feeling great about his controller, is sleeping well, it um, sounds like we're going to get full power Plop. So we'll definitely be a set to watch out. And the second thing is that I played Ginger this year at Out of the Blue in April, and I nearly got eight stocked. It was absolutely absurd. Uh, <laughs> he like randomly played a ten out of ten against me, like or maybe a nine out of 10 or whatever you'd want to call it. Like I did, he brought it up in the winners interview. He's like, yeah, I played seal and I just played like insane and I just destroyed him. And I was like, you know what? It's true. I literally almost got eight stocked. And I was like, I hadn't been eight stocked since I played left in uh smash and smash four like five years ago. So thankfully it didn't happen. But if he plays that well, like I, I would not be surprised to see him win the tournament. <laughs> I don't care. He was so good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you imagine Plup. There there's like a couple different levels of players here who I think have a lot to prove. Riptide is really interesting because um I think the implications for number 1 are, are probably pretty safe, right? Obviously if Zane loses that that does hurt his case, but like being a tournament that does not have another like Cody, uh you know, doesn't doesn't have kind of a lot of players who might make that path towards number 1. Um you might not think that the this term has a lot of implications, but honestly like There's a lot of really interesting things here. You mentioned Plup. Plup and Wizzy, I think, are in their own tier of, like, if you talk about someone who has a lot to prove, I don't know if Plup and Wizzy come to mind because they've proven so much, but, like, you know, we we could very possibly see um, a path for Wizzy here to establish that not only is he a top-ten player, but he might even be higher than that, right? Like, we saw him at CEO. Uh, we saw him at Invincible. Other than that, one game versus Card, and but other than that, we <laughs> haven't really. <laughs> I,
2: I hope people know. go watch that. No, I'm gonna talk about it. We don't go talk about watch, the one game versus Card. Watch, watch, watch Wizard versus Card Invincible Seven, specifically Game Two.
0: At least watch the other games where he wins. <laughs> do him that favor. But Fair like enough. we we've seen him do very very well, um, and I think one of the big questions is well, how much are we gonna see of him? Right, there's not a ton of tournaments left before the end of the year, are we going to see him at something like the Big House? Are we going to see him maybe at uh, uh, majors that kind of get bigger, like Santa Paws, maybe even DreamHack Atlanta, maybe um, Rise and Grind? <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. like, uh, the the landscape for, for Melee um, after this is, is not as kind of big as what came before it. So it's, like, this thing of, like, well, you know, if Wizzy has a good performance here, this literally could seal the year for him um, and Plup as well. And, and honestly... I'm, uh, call me crazy for this. Edwin and I were talking, uh, in, in good old Boston. And, uh, I hit him with a, I think Wizzy has like the third best chance to win a major. Like, if you take talk about people's paths, I think Wizzy's path is very, very good. Cause if you talk about, you know, like, I think Zane's number one, right? Um, there's a lot of people who he's kind of like 50 50 against, but he generally just wins those 50 50s at this point. Um, and, like, there's no one who he's, like, really, really, really scared of. Um, I think Cody's the person who he really doesn't want to run to is Zane, which is pretty good for him. Um, obviously, Cody can still, like, lose to a lot of people. But uh, in terms of, like, bracket demons, he doesn't really have any. So when you get to all the other people, I think they you start to see these players with more and more bracket demons. You look at Wizzy, Mango's going to be difficult forever. Pluff's going to be difficult forever. But if you're talking about people that are going to be really hard for you, I don't know if you could pick a better two than Mango and Plup. Plup, a guy who doesn't go to stuff. Mango guy who doesn't really go to stuff, and when he does, he might go Doc, right? Like, the only better person for Wizzy would be Wizzy, but, you know, that doesn't <laughs> really work. So, so like, Wizzy, I, I just, like, you know, maybe it's it's too soon to say, um, but the idea of him versus, like, J-Mook or Lefin, um, obviously versus Hbox, he's proven himself. Like, he, he just really seems to me... Like, he can turn a lot of these matchups into winning matchups for him. Um, a lot of the players have, like, beat him recently, I think maybe in their last sets with him. So, there's there's maybe, like, a little bit of a um, proving ground for him. But, like, I don't know. Wizzy could really come into this tournament as a guy who we all think of as really good and end with a tournament or, like, end as a guy who we all know is top 10, Um, which is insane to say. I literally think that 10 people can win a major this year, and you have to mention Wizzy as one of them. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does, what Plup does, Um, even players who are like lower down, like none or something, like players who still have a lot to prove with their year. Um, But yeah, no, I'm super excited to see because... For a tournament that do- is not as stacked as what we've seen recently, a tournament that doesn't have the same entrance size as we've seen recently, this is a tournament where I feel like the storylines are still super strong, still palpable when you look at it. Um, Edwin, what do you think? You you called me crazy when I said that. You said I was smoking weed, and then you mentioned it was legal in the state of Massachusetts. Um, no, that didn't happen. But, but like yeah, what what do you think of this, Edwin? You've got some time to sit on this idea of, of Wizzy's like tournament performance and what he could do. What do, what do you think?
1: I like his top level matchup spreads. I agree with you that I think Plup and Manga are two very fortunate kryptonites to have uh, within the top echelon. But I want to see how, because look, we, we've seen this before with Wizzy, right? Where I think in the past, if Wizzy hadn't been at a tournament for a while, he would go, into, he would go to an event, he would play a top 25 player, like a top 25 box player or something, we think it was initially very scary for Wizzy coming in because he had taken such a long break, and then he just 3-0s them. Like, he he gets four grabs in a game. He he converts all of them to... He... Touch of Death's the Fox player every time. And it's kind of one of those things where, like, even if you're in that skill level right beneath the top echelon, Wizzy is kind of like the... He's kind of like the... What's it called? It You know... If you're not tall enough to ride this ride, like like you can't get on, right? I don't, I don't, I'm struggling to find the words for it, but I think I think what, what we used to see with Wizzy a lot in the past is these kind of reality checks being given to the rapidly improving field. So I'm curious if that is going to apply in this situation also, and if this is if this is one of those things, kind of like I, I'm going to use kind of a a bit of a unfavorable analogy here but it's just an analogy a very loose one but it's kind of like when chudat comes back after a while and we just assume something like oh there's there's no way that chudat can do well and either he reality comes after him like it did at SmashCon, and he gets like 97th or whatever or he beats Aklo, right like some <laughs> so, something crazy like that so i think with with wizrobe we've never really seen reality bend the way of the rising star finally catching up to him it's kind of always been one of those things where like you know he, you're probably not going to beat him in your your first time around if even if you're in that very unless you're rk yeah unless you're (laughs) you're rk and you figure out his 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 uh weakness and reaction that he can't dash back on a crouch or whatever but or or l i guess but but yeah so Mm. i'm interested to see it Uh, i need to see how he does against that field again for a third tournament so CO was obviously amazing. Uh, Invincible was great, except for that game against card. I, I Why did you bring that about? up? <laughs> yeah. But I, but like, I want to see how he does
0: against card.
1: I want to see how he does against the Magis of the world now, how he does against the Zuppies of the world, how he does against Joshmans. Because I think I think he has it to contend against each of the, each mm-hmm. of the top nine or top 10. I'm not going to say he's favored against all of them, but I think he has what it takes to, if not take a set, Turn those head-to-heads into something that's a bit more even with with most of them. But I want to see how if he can consistently get there in the first place, and if he consistently gets there, if he, if he can start turning turning those head-to-heads around. I think it's a little too early to to give him the third, to give him the third highest chances. I mean, we're talking about a field with Zayn and Cody. There's Moki, the the, the guy yet, who, who who might have the most to prove here by winning his first major. Gonna, yeah,
0: and yet but, I yeah, say yeah, he's I'm got sure. the third best chances. No one's proven me wrong. <laughs> the numbers. Celia, Celia, you talk about Moki. We, we've we kind of not mentioned Moki. Yeah. Um, you know, the last time we saw him, he was not in, in the best shape, right? Uh, shine, he uh, ended up losing to Zammu and then dropped out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think right. that is something that we can just not think about when we think about Moki, oh, right? Yeah. The rest of his year has been so insanely good and so insanely consistent for a player that we really did not view as consistent um, until, like, a year ago, basically. So I want to hear your thoughts on Moki here because I think if you talk about people who have something to prove, um, there's one more thing that Moki needs to prove. Moki yeah. basically has proven everything except for one thing, um, and I I want to hear about I want to hear from you on this one. So what yeah. do you think about Moki at Riptide? What does he have to prove?
2: Yeah, of course. So as we all know, that one thing is winning a major. It's something that Moki has not done yet we all know he's capable of it with the right bracket um obviously it's been kind of difficult for him because he's had three demons essentially whereas most of the people who are struggling to try and get their chance to win a major might only have like one or two and those three demons are well two of the most active players zane and JMook, and then also mango i mean mm-hmm. he, he finally almost got one against mango at uh losers finals of get on my level but Something just didn't quite work out for him. But with that said, Riptide really, really looks like a good shot for him. I mean, just walking through his bracket here, he starts out with Dreffen, as we discussed. Dreffen, a chic player, not one that we'd necessarily favor against, like, these super high-paced, fast Fox players that are going to run him down and um, give him trouble, especially not like these, like the... I don't know people would always talk about Drefin versus like the young up and cover as being kind of a, a tough one but you never know maybe Drefin can get it done but if he does pass that test he has spark right after spark definitely someone who's like much stronger against fox i would say and also a stronger player just admittedly um with that said though i watched those two play at apex 2022 and Frankly, um, all respect to Moki, I absolutely love that guy's He's uh, very cool. Um, that said did break my heart because Spark got came back on so hard. Um, it was like, he was up 2-0 and then like up like three stocks to one and then like got clutched on. And then just kind of I, if I remember correctly, he got like de- kind of destroyed after that. And I was like, what happened? Um, with that said though, it's a it's definitely a good look for Moki. Um, Spark kind of been struggling versus Fox lately, as he will tell you himself, um, has lost to Panda, who of course is incredible against Sheik, as we know, um, twice in the last like, two months. Um, and he's I've heard he's considering using a different character or even a different controller against Fox, but we'll have to wait and see. I don't quite think this is soon enough that we're gonna see that at Riptide. With that said, if Moki does defeat his next Sheik in a row, um, he will be playing Kadorin, who, of course, is definitely no pushover for a Fox, but we saw Moki beat him pretty confidently just uh, about a month and a half ago at get on my level. Um, he did like 10 BM shines in a row. Um, <laughs> so he's definitely confident in that one. And um, But again, can't sleep on Kadorin, but that's still a decent draw for Moki. And after that, which, again, he's seated to win, um, he has AMSA in winner's semis. And I don't even think I need to say that much about that. Um, Moki's been one of AMSA's demons for this entire year. I think him and Cody are like a combined 11-0 and 0 on AMSA or something like that, or maybe even higher than that. Um, so that leaves Moki in winner's finals. And his seeded opponent for winner's finals is, of course, Zane. One seed who he has never before beaten, but Mogi has brought him close before. We've seen game fives, we've seen reverse three O's. Um, and if there's any time to do it, you're in winners' finals, you're feeling great, or he may even find himself facing Plop. Plop's the fourth seed of the tournament, and he's someone we definitely know can beat Zane. So if he's facing Plop, we three owed earlier this year at Genesis, he may just find himself in winners' side of grand finals, and from there just three games until you finally made history. So if Moki's going to do it, this is a great chance for him. Obviously, he'll have plenty more chances, um, but it would be really incredible to see him make the run this weekend at Riptide.
0: Edwin, what do you think? We've talked about the mythical Moki run to getting first in a major for a little bit now. What what, what do you think about his run here at Riptide?
1: So elegantly
0: said by Seal
1: yeah, so I think the interesting thing here is one i I don't think Moki Zane is a foregone conclusion. I think it'll I think it's it's very hard for him. I'm, I'm not gonna lie about that, but I think it's it's one of those potentially breakable obstacles. I mean the the same way that we saw Cody struggle against Zane for so long before finally breaking through, what you need is you just need that one set, right? <laughs> that one set. And then, then it becomes suddenly possible. You, you get over this big big mental block. So I think Moki's kind of in that similar spot to where Cody was before he won Summit 12. And I, I, he's, he's taken Zane very close before. I don't, I don't think it's hopeless. Now, with that said, um, like Seal talked about, if, if we're talking about a potential field in which Zane may not even be in the picture, it would be one in which you have people like Plup, Amsa, and Wizzy there to potentially take care of him at any point in bracket. So, I think that's, that's something that's potentially interesting. I think Lod is not a walk in the park for, for Zayn either. So, we could see Lod potentially take care of Zayn before Moki has to run into him. So, and obviously, that's, you know, I, I'm not going to say that that's the expected outcome, but I'm just saying if, if you're going to craft a tournament in which both Zayn and Moki happen to be there, you know, we're, we're talking about a bunch of players who can beat Zane or have shown that they're not they're not walks in the park for him. And we're and many of those same players are ones that we would solidly favor Moki over as well or see as a little bit more reliable against. Amsa being a pretty good example of that. Now, again, I'm I'm not saying that Amsa is favored over Zane or that or that we should expect Amsa to defeat Zane. I'm just saying that when, when it comes to matchups against each other in the top echelon and across the field, I think the matchups inherent within the tide field are ones that are very good for for Moki, and I think a lot of those matchups make things tricky for Zane this, simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a I think it's a non-zero shot at happening, and I think a, it's, it's a pretty good one. But I don't think he's going to win Riptide. I, I think <laughs> Zane's going to win Riptide. Okay, well, t- don't, I got, I got don't jump the gun
0: just yet. Uh, one thing I <laughs> want to say about Moki is that I don't even think that this is his best bracket that you could possibly craft, right? Sometimes when we talk about which players can win a major, um, it requires a like a, a like a hand picked bracket and it requires a lot mm-hmm. of luck, right? Um if, and
1: Spark, I guess, is pretty tricky now that you mention it. Like it's Yeah. That, it, yeah I guess it's it's really
0: because really like obviously Oms is, is is a really good draw for Moki as he's proven um time and time again this year. But like, yeah, you, you look at his matches before even getting there. And it does not seem like it's the best possible thing for him. Um, obviously, Zayn being in his path, which just might be an inevitability to anyone who wants to win a major in 2023, um, is not is not great. Like, he's uh, he has a set win on Plup recently, but even the idea that he might play Wizrobe instead of Amsa is a, kind of a scary one. Like, right? It's this value that we don't know. Um, and for all we know, Moki could just, like, 3-0 him. Uh, <laughs> but he's, like... Yeah, they, Wizzy's really good, and it, and it is kind of scary to think that that might be a matchup that he has to play. And even after all of that, I still think he's got a good chance to win. Like, I saw people say this is one of his best brackets, and, and I think that it is somewhat best bracket that he's, like, had. But, you know, if you're talking about players who, who uh, haven't won a major, you kind of have to go out of your way to give them all their best matchups. And the fact that, like... You know, H-Box is not in his path, which is a matchup that he's done well in, or, like, Cody, a player who he's beat recently. Like, the fact that he could have an actual path that does not include those people really just sings Moki's praises to someone who could very possibly win. Now, that being said, Man of the Hour is, is Big Z-Dog, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like if we are talking about who can win a major, uh, it's about how well they can do against Zane. And if we're talking about, like, who is going to win and we don't mention Zane, it's because we are specifically not mentioning Zane, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it kind of used to be that way uh, with Armada and with HBox. And, like, there are players who were so good that they end up being like, heliocentric, where if you didn't say they were going to win, it's because you had a take. Um, and it's interesting, right? We're seeing Zayn approach that. And uh, one of the things that I mentioned earlier is that I don't think, like, when you look at Zane's matchup spread... There's not one that he doesn't really necessarily want to see. Obviously, like, J. Mook and Leffen are are matchups that probably um, are some of the worst matchups that he has. But even those are, you know, could be 50-50, could maybe be 40-60, uh, not in his favor, maybe even 60-40 in his favor at times. Um, like, he kind of oscillates between a lot of these 50-50 matchups that go in and out. Kind of like Omsa as a player that we saw, obviously the Sheik players. And it's just, like, when he gets all the coin flips, he looks unstoppable. And when he doesn't get the coin flips, it looked like he did earlier in the year, uh, where he was, like, losing to um, Cody, losing to Omset, losing to, like, some of these players. So, as we see right now, he is kind of hitting it. He's kind of hitting all the coin flips. Even with the Cody loss, um, he was still playing amazing. He just happened to run into a Cody who was playing even more amazing. So, it is really tough to look at anything that happens here and not... (laughs) think that Zayn is going to win, but uh, I'm not sure if I'm completely bought on the idea yet. Give me a second while I'm, while I'm waiting, Edwin, you said Zayn's going to win, right? You want to go more into depth about uh, why you think that?
1: Yeah, but I have a very shallow reason for it. I just, I'm starving (laughs) of a major prediction. My, this year has not been good for me. I've cursed out of the nine or eight majors or whatever that I previewed i put a lot of time into my previews thinking about who can beat who and how the matchups uh, align in the field
0: You're Looking for an easy win, aren't you? And
1: I've just, I, I just need Zane to tap it in. I just need that one because they, the only prediction I've gotten right all year, I didn't even make in the column I made on the show. And when I said that Cody would win major upset and that's like, That's that's not worth bragging about. I mean, I guess honestly, if you said on the show,
0: probably no one saw it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I just I really need the uh, the Monday morning Marth curse to end. So I'm taking the easy way out and picking the guy that is definitely the favorite.
0: I mentioned how Zane is heliocentric and the fact that everyone kind of has to go through him. I forgot that we have an even more heliocentric player in the scene. However, everything has to be about you. Somehow Zane Whitting is an Edwin dub. (laughs) (laughs) You're insane, man. (laughs) Anyway, I like that you took the easy way out. Hey, I'm a uh, a natural born quitter. I'm lazy. I take the easy way out. Glad to see that you're finally joining
1: us. (laughs) i've taken so many ed losses this year when i predicted zane to win shine the amount of comments i i saw in the monday morning marth channel and the discord saying okay now we know zane's not going to win because edwin's cursed him."
0: dude the thing about predicting zane is that it felt so right right he was on a hot streak it wouldn't even be cool if you were right and yet you were (laughs) not right man like like, what three in a row yeah yeah right uh because it would have been Fate, um, Gomal, and then Smash Yeah. Well, uh, Zane, I think is is a hard person to pass up, whether or not the reasons are selfish or if they're more analytical. Um, so I do think he's a really good pick. Seal, what do you think? You you mentioned how you have a pick for who you think's going to win this.
2: Yeah, this is definitely somewhat of a heart pick, and mm, that should be pretty clear where I'm going with this. But-
0: Lowercase hero. <laughs> It's Jake. It's Henry. <laughs>
2: it's Henry's turn. He's due for a major win. We all we've all known so you're it. You're gonna celebrate with one um, Red's
0: Apple ale. <laughs> as is Kalahari <laughs> tradition. See, what about J you, yes. you need a chic dub, so why not why not go with
1: him? Yeah.
2: No, I'm looking I'm definitely looking forward to watching Jake Cam. But on the topic of a chic dub, I will be rooting for the man who I was heartbroken by last year in Grand Finals. Um, that is, of course, Plup. I think this is uh, going to be Plup's chance. He just tweeted earlier today. Um, I'll read it out exactly here. My controller feels pretty good, and I've been sleeping well. If I lose at Riptide, then I got outplayed. Smiley face. So that is to say, if Plup is playing well, if he's able to edgeguard Fox McLeod, which was really well, the only thing that stopped him a major upset. I'll tell you that there was just the edge guards. <laughs> he could he went like two and twenty against Sunse and IBDW and still beat Sunse. Um, so if he's able to edge guard Fox McLeod. If he gets past Aklo, um, he may find himself in winter semis against um, against possibly AMSA. or or no he'd be fighting he'd be fighting Zane in winter semis, which as I mentioned is definitely doable and then uh depending how like Moki versus Kadoran goes if Kadoran wins that um then Amsa and Wizzy I would say are both favored versus uh Wanko and then you may just uh, find one of Plump's two best opponents in Winner's Finals if he's if Plump finds himself fighting Wizrobe or Amsa in, in Winner's Finals after defeating Zane then I don't know. Like, I'd be surprised to see if anyone can stop him. Maybe, maybe uh, Moki rolls through on a Loser's Run. Um, who knows? But hell, even even Moki himself, Plop can definitely win that. Like, mm-hmm. that's just because he got three out to Genesis doesn't mean it's unwinnable. Just because he's actually never beaten Moki before, I believe they're zero three or zero two or something. Um, though I think at least one of those was all Fox. So don't put too much stock into that one. Um, but yeah, that all is to say Moki definitely looks like Plup's hardest opponent. Zane, I believe has won the last few against Plup, but those two all, are always a coin flip. Um, even if it feels like it's been turning up heads like the last couple times for Zane, you just never know. Um, and i uh, you will have to fight Aklo, who is a fresh off a Jmook win, and if, if a Fox is beating Jmook, then uh, it's looking pretty tough for any Sheiks in their bracket. I'll tell you that because uh, Jamuq's definitely a level above. But again, if Plop is playing well, if he's well rested, if his controller is feeling well, and if he's able to edge guard Fox McCloud, then I will be there cheering him on in the uh, in the audience and. Uh, he will win Riptide
0: 2023. I hope his controller is feeling well. <laughs> Plup, I think you're right. Plup is definitely a person who, yeah, I mentioned how Zane has all these matchups where, like, it really doesn't seem like there's anything that he does really want to not run into. Um, Because even his worst matchups seem pretty doable for him. Plup oddly kind of feels mm-hmm. the way, too. It's just that, like, he's not enough. He's not around enough. I never to, trust uh, the
1: numbers with Plup. no
0: no i was talking to you pengu way way back this is before summit 13 and uh you Pengu was like zane figured plop out zane's never gonna lose because zane was on like a (laughs) 4-0 win streak and i was like that means nothing with plop 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 the numbers mean nothing plop will be 0-4 against someone and destroy him the next time he played they did plop did beat zane there at summit 13 um and like, yeah, the, the number really never means anything with plop, So it's it's really hard to tell. Uh the one number that probably means something is his record versus Wizrow. <laughs> it's probably not good And OMSA. Awesome. True. Uh both players okay, are
1: here. Uh, hear, hear me out on this. I, I do not think twenty five to two is replicable on land. That's not what I was
2: thinking about. I'm, I'm just thinking in general. Uh like I we haven't seen plop lose to Omsa since like what, like a summit in like, 2018? I think summit. Yeah, eight or, it, I mean, I or mean they, they've
1: played in so many, they've played in spurts, right? Like, they, it's not like yeah, they, they consistently true. play in tournament all the time. I, I, I agree that right. Plup is very hard for Amsa, but I just think, like, I just think the, the way that people are rushing to call it just a foregone conclusion that AMSA is going to get like, the, <laughs> I, like it, it's still AMSA. Like it, I, I don't think it's, no, it's, not yeah. com- it's not so hopeless. The, the way e- e- don't, even the way that AMSA tweets about it, I'm like, oh, okay, dude, come on <laughs> yeah he says
2: he's like Pluff is not human it's okay yeah, he says or, what was this exactly He says saying? it's not
1: human it's okay it's like dude like you you're more gun <laughs> like there's two people that have beaten you way more in the last two years and and because of like one month where he net played him uh, from oregon to vancouver or whatever he's just he's given up like come on <laughs> <laughs> i don't know
0: 25 two, man that's uh that's, that's a big deal
2: Edwin, I got one word for you. A grab. <laughs> you remember that one clip where Plum just like gets back at 170 and he starts chain grabbing. I was just like, oh, I'd be so mad if I was him right now. A grab. A grab. I, I will say,
1: I've, I've heard... Uh, I, I, I have seen some of those net play friendlies, and it's like it's like <laughs> really ugly. <laughs> like It's not just the Sheik. It's like the Sheik, the Fox, the Samus. I think at one point, even the Marth was beating what um, i did yeah, not like, seen that there's 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 some like really cursed footage at, out there that you know but, but again i don't think that translates to a serious no. offline
2: you of all people that. know what happens if you if you try and count amsa out <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> all too well
1: mm-hmm.
2: we uh yeah true
0: well yarn yoshi knows all too well i know that much um <laughs> y- you know we uh we might not agree on who can win the tournament but we we can agree on uh, who's probably not gonna win and and uh it's a it's a young yoshi main by the name of amsa uh if we talk about everyone's paths here who uh, are like in the top true. 6 seeds or whatever you know the kind of the feasible people who can take a major um it it really just seems like someone hated amsa and created a major for him to lose right like zane <laughs> being the the person who he want, really wants to run into i guess that's, that's better a
1: hard that's a hard good draw <laughs> yeah. right
0: like that's not who you want to see
2: it's funny too because like Cody oh, yeah, was exactly. registered. It, it was literally like the actual nightmare of all nightmares for
1: AMSA. <laughs> then like he got. Slightly I mean, honestly, the, the fact the that Cody was
0: six not... to, uh, created to destroy AMSA when, when Cody was around. <laughs> God,
1: yeah, the fact that Cody's not here, you would think would be like amazing for him, but Cody just got replaced with Blood. And then there's but also like Aklo, who just being scarier. Yeah, yeah, it's God, it's Aclo's so.
0: It's so rough for Umsa. and I do think that we'll see AMSA do well at some point, right? Um, I does that does do well mean winning a major? I don't know. Does do well mean like getting top three at like a really at like the big house or something? Maybe who who knows? We'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's one of the sad things when you talk about AMSA is that at the end of the month he will be back in Japan. Um, so mm-hmm. like we will not really be seeing him much. And I believe that after he goes back to Japan, I think he's only going to big house. He was recently. Uh, confirmed for Santa Paz, but ended up deciding that taking a uh, transatlantic uh, flight all the way to Montgomery, Never. Alabama Montgomery. <laughs> was probably not the best decision, only to play Cody. So, so like, there's not really a lot of times to see Omsa, and that is a sad thing, right? When when Omsa's playing, it is. Melee's just better when Omsa's playing. Melee's better when Mango's playing, right? Plop and Wizzy, like, all these players, they add so much to the game. Um, I guess I didn't say Hbox, who's not here, <laughs> but. We won't read into that too much. But, um, yeah, no, there's so many amazing players here. So it just so happens that all the amazing players who are here um, are amazing versus Omsa. So I'm not going to pick Omsa. Uh, I like the idea of Plup. I like the idea of Zane. I don't know. You know what? I, I kinda, You kind of got to back up your crazy picks, right? You uh, Sometimes you make a, a crazy call just so people kind of go... Whoa! What is that? You make up something for content. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes your co-host goes. I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but but you know, I you got to kind of sometimes you got to back up your crazy picks. So I, I think we're going to see an, an, an immaculate wizard dub here. He's definitely a player who I think is unlikely to win. He's seeded sixth, which um, I think is. Probably a bit lower than I would have him, but when you look at the people above him, I think it makes sense. I do think that the six seed is just um, so he can obliterate Omso, though. <laughs> I think it's, like, a ploy to show Amsa it's like, hey, you know how you hate playing Moki and Cody? Did you forget that you hate playing this guy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't forget you got destroyed by a couple different players, too. Um, I think, like, that's a really good matchup for him. And then you get to Moki, who, as we talked about, Moki's an amazing player. Um, Moki very well could win the whole tournament, right? Moki is also a player who like is um way more active than, than Wizzy is, but sometimes you just get those events where Wizzy comes out and unless your name is Plup or Mango, you have no chance. Um, he is hitting everything correctly. He is, you know, hitting every tech chase. He's hitting every edge guard. And um, sometimes you get those types of things. We haven't seen them play since 2019, which was decidedly in Moki's favor. Or, uh, sorry, decidedly in Wizzy's favor. Um, there was like a, a Friday night or four Loco Fight Night um, set that went in Moki's favor. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if I'm really willing to like say anything's cut and dry when it comes to that. I think yeah. if that matchup happens, and I do think it's probably likely considering like favor Wizzy over Amsa, I think it's going to be an amazing set. Um, I think what Wizzy needs to avoid is Plup. And, and it mm-hmm. just basically, it's kind of about how much you think Plup is going to be in Winners' Finals. But uh, I don't know. We, we've seen Zayn and Wizzy kind of go back and forth, but really they have not played in a while. Um, Falcon was the, kind of that thing where, like, it's like, is Gatsu going to upset Zayn? Is none going to... Like, we saw a lot of those, um, but really what we saw a lot of was a lot of sets where Zayn destroyed all the top Falcon players. So I, I do think that it's an uphill battle, but I don't know. There's something about Wizzy. I, I think that when we talk about all these players who can win Majors um there's just like obstacles that are in their way and, and not that these don't exist for wizzy but like i trust in wizzy's ability to get past them and you know against the field you know you mentioned this earlier i think there's a lot of players like do the aklos of the world uh have a chance at beating wizzy and i think it's like yeah they definitely could uh there's a lot of good players like you know um salt magi josh man you know you, you mentioned all those players in addition and they all it, the run like the hypothetical Wizzy run does get a little scarier. But I'm gonna call it. Why not? You uh, you're trying to save face by calling Zane. Seal, you're trying to live your go best life heart. by by calling. Yeah, you I'll go for uh, gut. I don't know. Balls. What is a Wizzy pick? I don't know <laughs> what it is. But uh, but I'll follow my whatever instinct is on this one. I'm gonna say Wizzy. I think that. It's probably not likely, but I do think that there is a there's a higher chance of this happening than we're, we're probably you know, likely to admit. Um, and I'd love to see it because I'd love to go into the big house with, and, you know, hoping that everyone could go, but like, I'd love to go into the big house with all these storylines because I want to see a re- reinvigorated plop. I want to see a Wizzy that is able to win tournaments. Um, I want to see, I mean, fuck, I want to see an officer who can beat Foxes. That'd be nice. Like... Uh, So I want to see all that, and I think that part of that is Wizzy winning. So I'm going to call Wizzy win here. Well, hey, W. um,
2: Do you remember one one of the stories that was of Riptide 2022 in top eight? There was a run by a certain player that was looked crazy impressive, and uh, he was like maybe a stock or two away from taking two huge upsets. That player was S2J. Remember, he defeated Zane. Mm. In winners at Riptide. True. And then he was so, so close against both Plop and JMook. Both of those were game fives. I don't quite remember if the JMook one was last stock, but the Plop one remember. definitely was. And I was losing my mind. I was like, please, Plop. And I remember seeing <laughs> I don't know why I should mention this, but I remember seeing a certain Falcon main in the crowd watching it and um, is a friend of mine for the record. And um, this person had their head in their hands after Plup barely clutched game five. That they, they were, they looked so distraught and I almost felt bad for them for one second. And then I remembered that Plup won and I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah let's yeah. go, <laughs> let's go. You know what, too bad if your Falcon hero couldn't do it. I'm here for my chic hero. <laughs> One thing that I think we need to
0: to mention is that like when it comes to these tournaments, tournaments don't always show who is the best player, right? It's it's like shows who is the best player under certain conditions, and as we like, you know, go through all these tournaments, these conditions change wildly. We we uh you know there used to be times when um hey speaking of plup right he lost to a wobbling icy's at ten a.m uh like like these were things that <laughs> got happened. destroyed too like he, he did not like and did two stars did destroy him at that one big ass but like what can happen at these tournaments or can like differ wildly and i I do think one thing that has to be said is that kind of like shine riptide takes a lot of care into making sure that the players um like the, that they can perform at their best uh it is something where no one is playing round one on friday there's no round 1 pool before noon on Saturday. Uh, they like, you know, they have the ability to because they don't have as many attendees, they have the ability to kind of make a lot of this um focus on the player and there's like a ton of setups. I never had I went I went last year. I never had an issue finding an open setup to just kind of dick around uh play Ness or whatever <laughs> whatever weird That's like bullshit you're I was things. on. The Ness is, cur- NES is current day. Yeah, I don't know what I, what bullshit I was subjecting people to last year, but um, regardless, like it is a major that I think, um, if we talk about players who fluctuate wildly in their play, like who have immaculate peaks but but don't always get there, like Wizzy or Plup, um, that this is a tournament where they could do very well, and if you talk about someone like Zane who is able to hit his peak very easily, uh like that might that edge that he has might be nullified, right? It, it's an interesting thing to see. Well, um, I I'm really looking forward to what happens because I think that more than almost any tournament, I do think Riptide is able to give the players kind of like a really neutral playing field. Um, they're not like waiting all day to play their sets. They don't have like huge breaks or whatever. They they do try to put a lot of thought into it. Not that other majors don't. I just think that there's a lot of different factors that go into Riptide being able to try, to kind of attain that ideal more than others. Um, so we'll see. I think it's going to be a really, really interesting tournament. I think there's going to be a lot of um, insane sets in, like, round one, and there's going to be, uh, you know, fucking battles in round two. There's like there's so much shit that we didn't even mention, right? We we barely mentioned J-Cam. j versus Flash being a round one thing. Insane. Like, there's so many things here that we didn't even get a chance to mention. Um, and that's just how it is, right? Riptide is one of those tournaments that Kind of time and time again feels like it's a little, little bit of like a little brother to some of these really big series, but I don't think there's been a bad Riptide in terms of like anything, right? They are well-run tournaments, good experiences for the players, um, good experiences for the viewers, and they all end up having just like a pretty insane depth of, of player talent, and uh, just looking at, at the bracket and looking at everything here, I, I don't think that Riptide 2023 will be any different, so I'm very excited to see how that um how that ends up. So, Seal... So You've been around the block before. You know how things are done. You know that we've got some questions for you. Uh you actually yourself are a <laughs> question superstar. So by the virtue of oh, that, you're here, that, we probably can assume that the questions are gonna be worse than they are normally because you are not here to ask yourself a question. Uh, unless there's a question that you want to ask yourself, but, um, we, uh, we did get a chance to talk to the, to the patron channel, uh, in between various other topics of conversation yeah. that can pop up this week in a, in a, in a patron channel, but, uh, we actually did get some pretty good questions from, uh, from the patrons for you.
1: So, uh, Edwin, I think you might, uh, you might have one. Yeah, I, I do, this one is from Stock. So, Seal, given your status of living all over the Midwest, how do you feel the region has progressed in your time playing? What do you foresee in the future?
2: Yeah, um, what I would say is I feel, this may just be on account of me being a lot more familiar with the scene as years go on, but I feel the depth in the Midwest is just ridiculous these days. Um, of course, we have like these players that barely travel, barely get to go to majors like Ossify, uh, Flash, um, even like a hundred grand up in Minnesota. Um, so, like I, to, personally, I feel like the depth has really evolved. I think um, the field in the Midwest is just a lot stronger. Like you can you can go to say like mid lane melee or something like the Chicago local, and the whole top like. 24 or whatever final bracket they do will be like, these are all pretty good players. Like um, you can't sleep on anyone there. Um, So that's at least how I feel. I think that it may also have to do with the sort of size of the overall scene, Um, sort of like shrinking down a bit and being like more dedicated people are the people that are still around today as compared to when I started um, just shy of nine years ago now. Um, And Yes, yeah, so I would say that's one of the main things that I feel is changed, but could be on account of various outside factors. Um, and then the other part of the question was like, where do I see the Midwest going?
1: Was that right? Uh, I don't think I don't think so. I think the question was just about the what do you, you notice? Oh, I think I
2: think he said something about the future. Maybe I'm. I mean, you can answer though. that if you want. Like, <laughs> sure. Also, what are your Among- on
0: future the rapper? <laughs>
2: Uh, he made mask off and i remember hearing that edwin kept repeating the, the hook from that at like royal Flush Hotel. sets
0: molly percocets, <laughs> <Motley> percocets. <laughs> yeah. uh edwin said wasn't actually <laughs> 450 times in a royal flush hotel room which was the
2: first time i met him in person yeah
0: a very very good memories <laughs> i don't know why
2: that was the first thing that came to mind i just remember like you mentioned and one of the that, more, like, more famous like,
0: things about future is that edwin yeah. repeated that line of course
2: oh absolutely that's like got to be at least in the top five. Um, see, okay, well, so I have another see. one for you. If uh... well, I'm oh, trying to right. think still about the future of the Midwest. Oh, right, right. About yeah. future. Sorry. Um. Well, here's one thing I think. I think that uh, there's gonna be so Midwest already is um... actually here. Let me add something else to the first part of the question. So about like how the Midwest has developed. I think the Midwest has become the region of regionals. That sounds yeah. a bit silly, but. Um, I think that the idea of the Midwest regional is a very um, like well-known sort of thing where you'll have like a, a tournament in Chicago or at like Purdue or um, in Madison in in um, Columbus or just all over the Midwest in Minnesota. Um, and you'll just get say like 100 to 200 people that all drove out like somewhere between one to like seven or if, in, in the case of like preeminent driving 11 hours to go to bot me, Like you, so could, you could see that kind of thing. Um, I, I really feel like that's become a very like established thing over the last few years where the Midwest, we don't have that many majors. Um, the big houses here, of course, in uh, Detroit, that's like the, one of the biggest tournaments, but that's more of like the super major sort of thing. And we now have Riptide before we had Smash and Splash as sort of like, I would say, the Midwest major. But beyond that, it's really all about the regionals. I think each state has their own regional or even multiple regionals. Um, and we get people traveling out to them. And I think it's great. And I think that's something that's especially developed over the time when I've been in the scene. And I just remember when I would think of regionals, it would be like, well, you got your Rubicons every month, um, et cetera. And then what I where I think this is going is that I think some of these regional series are going to start to run bigger and bigger events. Now, one of the main ones that comes to mind is Minnesota. They have their monthly series, and they are uh, developing that Wisdom Melee, and I've heard rumblings of something even bigger in the works. I've heard that for a while, I will say, (laughs) but um, I'm sure it'll come to fruition. I've also heard similar things, uh, similar big events hoped for to be coming to Chicago, which... I'm very excited about we've had stuff like um, combo breaker actually being the biggest uh, tournament in the biggest by size tournament in Chicago history. I'm pretty sure um, bigger than like the, the first two smash and splashes, I think in terms of melee numbers, I could be wrong, definitely beat out like Eden and other such events. But I think that uh, the, the Midwest will go from a region of regionals to a region of regionals and also, some of those bigger, like not necessarily majors, but whatever you call it in between or major we still haven't figured out that's... a word for that yet. No, we have
0: yeah, like the 20 years, national we'll we get to nationals. No, we don't yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what I see um, as being one of the more changing parts of the scene.
1: Seal, I have another one for you. This is from OG Melee Stats a member of YCZ. Y- uh, if you could do commentary or if you could do a, a block with any commentator, past or present, who would it be?
2: Well, um, I mean, one person comes to mind immediately. My personal commentary goat um, that would be fellow Chicago and also greater Midwest legend of webs. Um, also a great friend, too. Um, love that guy. He is one of my biggest inspirations for commentary. I remember watching his TAFO talk. Oh, yeah. Um, like when I was in high school, he, they did a TAFO talk about uh, commentary. I still recommend that to people today that are interested in doing commentary. Um, a lot of Webb's thoughts definitely still. He was hold a up. big commentary and, nerd.
0: I think he had like a Google Doc or something. Right? Yeah. It was like the guide to commentary.
2: Oh, really? I actually don't think oh. I saw that. <laughs>
0: Maybe it wasn't supposed to be revealed. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, it's not. No, I think. Okay. I,
0: I, no, I'm joking. I think he did have some musings on commentary. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, I don't know if they were like if it was a if it was a guide or if it was just like notes. But I've talked to him before about commentary. He yeah. Used to be a like rewatch every single block. You know, make notes on like he used to be mm-hmm. huge into that. So definitely a, yeah. a very great source to hear uh, and I think commentary he said, feedback
2: from. I think he said like in in his college he he did I can't remember if it was like radio or something like that. Um, but he, I remember him saying that he did something in college that he felt translated well to it, and I've always just thought, again, like like we sort of both discussed, he's very thoughtful about about commentary. He puts effort into it. Um, I I remember I did I did commentate with him one single time, um, which was we did a couple sets at NMG Near Mint Games, which was a uh, local that happened in Chicago, and I remember at one point I like said something and. He, he sort of like wanted to spur me on to actually say more. So he's like, and why does that matter? And then I, I thought about it. And I, I remember in the moment I like actually froze up a bit. I was like, I was like, wait, what am I, I'm just saying things. Am I just saying things and they don't even matter? Um, and then I just remember thinking about that. And I was like, well, maybe I should be more thoughtful about things. And like, why do they matter? Why am I saying something on commentary? Is there like an actual constructive purpose to it? Or am I just, uh, like saying it because I thought of it and there's nothing yeah. else to it. Um, so yeah, I would say definitely Webb's. It's always a treat when we get to have him on commentary. He did a bunch at shine. Uh, yeah. Thankfully he's hired for that. I'm sure we'll see him at big house too. I'd be We're truly shocked. Him, yeah. yeah Cause big House is, is really where like he, he got a start in commentary. So, and um, being the Midwest legend, he is of course, I'm sure they, they'll have him there. So yeah, I would say doing like a full full commentary block, not just like like crowded around like a blue yeti at a local, on um, would be would be great. I'd love to do like a major or even just a regional top eight or something. But I don't know if he's doing too much of those these days.
0: Lovely, lovely answer. Any answer that mentions webs is obviously a very good one. Now I've got a question for you. I'm wondering uh, uh, why. Edwin had two in a row when we usually uh, do one and one, but I've got one here for you. This is a tradition for people who consider themselves Chicagoans. I know you consider yourself a Chicago boy. You you say, I am seal Chicago boy. You say that a lot. <laughs> um, this one is from Curly W. Margo. Margo gets the classic Chicago question. Chicago hot dog ingredients tier list?
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of tough. I don't know if I can do a proper tier list. I can probably try and do you list want to them start in order. Yeah, I was going to say. You want yeah, to just start list them, them in order favorite. So let's think here. Am I am I including the hot dog itself, and am I including the bun? The bun, which includes? Obviously, okay, of course. Uh, that your am am discretion, or that,
0: right? I guess uh, answer or discretion. That's up to you.
2: I think I will actually, because like the poppy seed bun is a special part of it, as is like the the jumbo Vienna beef sort of special hot dog. Uh, hmm. Where to start though? It's so. You got the sport there's peppers. So many, yeah. Neon you No, know, one thing. One thing I actually really like. Actually, no. I'll say it. Number one, I'll go with mustard. You can't beat mustard. When I eat a hot dog at home, I don't often make it a whole Chicago hot dog and I'll just put mustard on it and then I'll be happy with that. Or I'll put mustard in relish and I'll just I'll just be happy with that. Um, so I, I got to go with uh, the classic yellow mustard as number one. Um, number two. I think this may actually be a bit of a hot take, but I think, number two, I will go with, actually, the Pickle Spear. Um, I actually really, really enjoy that whenever I'm eating a Chicago hot dog. The only one tough part about it, though, is trying to get a bite that, that includes both the Pickle Spear and enough of the hot dog. Um, but when you get that perfect bite, oh, it's so good. The, the Pickle Spear, I think, it, it, while it's not the easiest part of the hot dog to consume, I think that is one of the best. Sometimes the best so,
0: things aren't easy.
2: Yes. Yeah, so that's well said. Well said. <laughs> um, that
0: only applies to Chicago. Hot dogs.
2: <laughs> um, so let's see. Number three, I think I'm going to jump to, I think I'll jump to the hot dog itself. I think the all beef jumbo hot dog is uh, something that's really nice. Um, uh, and i think that like it's definitely different from just a regular hot dog regular hot dog where it's like kind of skinny and not it's not you don't get quite as much like juice to it you know what i'm saying it's not quite as much of a bite um so i'll say that would be number three number four i think i'll actually go with the i think i'll go with the relish for number four um the relish is really tasty it adds a, a bit more of that like Pickle sort of flavor, not quite as pickle-y. Of course, it's a bit more uh, sweet than that. But when you don't get when you're when you're all out of pickle, sometimes you you eat the pick. Wait, actually, no. I'm taking it back. The relish. I'm going to sport peppers. Mm. Sport peppers comes before the relish. Um, I really like the uh, spice that the sport peppers add. Um, they're also kind of a little bit difficult to eat though, because like sometimes you you try and bite one and you just want to get half of it in one bite so that way you can get like the next half in another bite but you don't really it's kind of difficult to bite clean through it so like you end up bringing the whole pepper into your mouth and that can make it a little difficult but again if you're able to get that half of sport pepper bite and the that that's the thing about the chicago hot dog you got to get the perfect bite where you get like just the right amount of each ingredient and it it's just perfect when you do um so i'll go with the sport pepper then i'll go with the relish then I'm gonna go for the diced white onions. Um, they don't add too much flavor, honestly, because there's already a lot going on with the relish and the mustard and um, sport peppers, but they are still nice to have them there. Um, and then the I'll go with the bun next. It's not. I would actually say the bun's not that special. Um, the poppy seeds are iconic, but I don't really think they, t- they make things taste all that different, so. Um, but of course a bun is a bun right I mean it's delicious we all love some bread unless you're on a keto diet then what kind I'm of heart are
1: we talking about though seal are we talking about it's a poppy seed it's one. a poppy, oh, seed, poppy come seed, come on, seed come on
2: man yeah like it's a, it's a poppy we've seed we've been hot, very huh? clear about this <laughs> you gotta know
0: since you got interrupted you. maybe you should start from the beginning <laughs> yeah you're right so <laughs> the first one <laughs> no.
2: did I have mustard first <laughs> So okay, no no worries. There's there's only uh, two items left here. Um, the next one I will go with is the tomato. Um, the tomato definitely doesn't add. I, so when I said about the onions, where they don't add all that much flavor because um, there's already a lot going on. <laughs> I'm just dying of laughter at this. <laughs> um, he can't take this art seriously. We he just doesn't get it. He doesn't. He doesn't understand. I think mean, he's muted. He is muted. Is he, Edwin, he's, he's, uh, he's in a, a hot right
1: dog. Now. Oh, my God. He's more than just a hot dog. He doesn't dog. get it. You don't get it, dude.
2: Edwin, Edwin are you going – no, wait. Neither of us are going to Big House. Also, it's in Detroit. <laughs> Edwin, you got to come to – you know you know the Chicago event. You got to come to that, and we're going to get a Chicago hot dog. Maybe event. a special they,
0: mid lane or something. Do they have vegan? Well, no. You know, you know the event, dogs? though.
2: The event that's – I can't name it right now, but you know you know right. in the summer. Oh, oh year. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll no, I'll DM I, I, DM I, I know what you're talking anyway, about. He
1: does He's that, acting like he knows. He's not cleaned
0: we'll, in. Anyway, we've got we've got the tomato. Tomato adds a lot of color. Yeah, but so the tomato other than that.
2: Yeah. I will say though, the color is nice. It makes the hot dog Eat look with your very eyes pretty. First, they say. And we gotta appreciate that. It's true. And then of course, lastly, but is something you can never forget or you will be made fun of mm-hmm. is the celery salt. Um, so you got to have the celery salt on the hot dog. I don't, to be honest, <laughs> I will say it. I wouldn't notice it if it was missing. I'm going to just say that, but you got to name it still. It's, it's, uh, it's part of the hot dog and
1: that celery
0: is salt is kind of like when you're doing the sparkle quiz for top 100 players and you have to put it like PKM vodka or whatever. It's like a chump check, right? <laughs>
1: you got to get it out of the
0: yeah. way. You just, yeah, you say yeah. celery salt. Like everyone you either knows, know
2: it or you don't. Yeah,
0: you either know it or you don't. Well, Seal, you know, I've had the pleasure of meeting you, uh, you know, well, I don't even remember when, maybe it was at Shine twenty nineteen, it was pre pandemic. Yeah. I've had the pleasure of talking to you a lot online, getting to see you a lot in person. And this was easily the most enthused I ever saw you about any <laughs> subject ever. Any uh, subject? <laughs> there's no way. That's not true. Yeah. You know that's
2: not true. You yeah, know spent a true.
0: long time going over the list. I mean, I, I agree with you on a lot of them, but you spent a lot of time. Anyway, it is great talking to you about hot dogs, and uh, I'm actually going to kind of segue this, because we've got Touching Grass. You know, you are a Wait fan a of the minute, podcast.
2: what? It's named? It's official? <laughs>
0: well, unofficially known as Touching Grass. Of course, officially known as an unnamed segment. Um, well, officially... Unnamed, I guess. It's not officially known as unnamed. Well, <laughs> regardless, known by the fans as touching grass. This is the segment where we talk about stuff that's been going on in our lives that is outside of Melee. Um, since we last spoke, uh, I've, I've not <laughs> been up to a, a lot. I, I've, got, I've been a little busy with some other stuff. But I think one of the things that I got to do was... Sit around and enjoy a nice hot dog with the family. Labor Day obviously was around. I got to spend a few days hanging out with some uh, some family members, which is nice because people have been on vacation recently. Um, I got to see kind of a, some of my extended family, which I don't always get to see. There's a new baby in the family that my cousin just had. I feel like I could have worded that in a way that sounded more human. <laughs> a baby <laughs> that my cousin just had. Okay, um, but it was a it was a really good experience to get to you know kind of hang out with some family, talk to people. My, my sister and her family just went to, uh, to Canada. So they all were like, did you see this when you went to Canada? Did you see this? And I was like, yeah, I saw it. I saw that. I didn't go in the CN tower, but I saw it. But yeah, it's, it's always fun to get to talk to, to family about some of that stuff. Um, my <laughs> nieces were, my nieces were very excited to brag to me about how they went in a helicopter
2: and they were like, you've never been in one. I just want to say the CN tower is so expensive. It's crazy. I went there. I went. I we like walked over there with, with some of my non melee playing friends at YAML and it was like fifty or forty bucks or something to go up there. I was like,
0: what? "That's probably like ten dollars American, though." That's true. It is monopoly money.
2: <laughs> it is monopoly. money.
0: But uh, yeah, uh, simple thing. No, it's it's not cool. It's not not spicy. But uh, all I did was uh, I got to hang out with some family, which is which was very fun. Um, Edwin. Last time we talked to you, you said your touching grass segment was hanging up. Ooh, excuse me. Was hanging out with family. So I kind of stole your luster a little bit. What have you been up to since we last spoke?
1: I've been reading a ton about football. The NFL season's coming up, so I've just uh, I still haven't caught up on every single thing, but I just recently finished the PFF uh, NFL QB guide. That was pretty mm-hmm. awesome. It's always Do well you know I'm how many there, downs huh? there are? piece <laughs> i haven't caught up on everything i'm still learning yeah i'm still learning A, am still learning what a touchdown is yeah a no touch i down? i've just uh i have really been enjoying reading about football those of you that have known me have known that that was like my that was my first love to competition just watching american football um i'm just really excited for the for the season to start that's going to be dominating my next four months um i just Love talking about football. Wheat and I uh, were have been talking about football a lot more often. We made a uh, we both wheat actually DM'd me a while ago asking me like, "Hey, like check this list of the Yesterday, best quarterbacks yeah. <laughs> for um, yeah." I, I guess it wasn't that long ago. Of check of talking about the best quarterbacks for each team since 2000. So basically, our our lifetime of like watching football and uh, it put me down this big trip down memory lane of all these names that I forgot about. But all these names that I also remembered, but like learned something new about in the process of just researching them to see if my my memory matched up with reality. Just a lot of fun. I'm just pretty excited for the next four months, especially because uh, I'm gonna be home a lot more. So yeah, I'm just gonna be watching a ton of football tomorrow. I'm going to a one of my best friends' places for a football party. We're just gonna watch the uh, the the uh, opening op- opening game. So going to be uh bringing some snacks and cooking some dinner and bringing it along to his place. So, I'm pretty excited. Very cool.
0: Any snack in particular you are cooking?
1: Well, I am going to be bringing snacks and cooking. I want I want to bring pizzas over. Like what well, to be and clear? Then, uh, I'm not
0: cooking snacks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not cooking.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'll I'll be bringing pizza. I'll be making pizza at home, bringing it over. And uh probably just bring in a ton of popcorn.
0: Pizza can be considered a snack. Just want what to kind
1: prepared. of pizza though? That's important.
2: Chicago uh, deep dish. That would be hard to make at home.
1: A regular cheese uh for, for one of them. I'm gonna I, I tend to make a bunch of like smaller sized ones and for and then one with just like vegetables on it. What kind
2: of vegetables? Like what what do you go for? Like olives, onions, then onions then peppers? peppers, mushrooms. Not bad. Garlic, almost the supreme there. Pickle spear, <laughs> tomato, relish. Oh. oh god,
1: I don't know it's about relish.
0: on a pizza. Honestly, <laughs> it's probably better than that. Uh, that that um fucking Swedish pizza with the the curry powder and the uh, bananas on it. Did you have any of that?
2: In I, what, um what, in, No, I didn't. In I didn't. Ah. Yeah, I he was tried. too. Af- he that.
0: was too afraid to try a lot of things. I heard. We'll been a
2: rush like no other.
0: Oh my god!
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: no, One dude. of the many things he chickened out from trying.
1: Let's not. Let's not go I, there. I, I got to, see. I what got have the, you been up to? I
0: got the pleasure to talk to uh, Nun at SmashCon, and he mentioned how he. Housed Armada before like Gamal or something one time or some or kind of well, I don't know, some tournament. It doesn't matter. But he housed Armada and Armada was drunk. They were both drinking, and Armada was like, Let's go get a Swedish pizza, man. He didn't say it in that voice.
2: <laughs> but he was like that's a good impression.
0: <laughs> that's that's a, that's what Armada really speaks when when uh all the caverns are gone. But uh none was like basically was like they don't have that they can't make this (laughs) like you can't just go up to a pizza place and be like hey can you make me a swedish pizza yeah get the curry sauce and the uh, bananas out please like it's not a thing they have at the ready so he had to explain that to armada anyway ceo what have you been up to recently
2: yeah well in my free time i've been doing two things first is the usual which is catching up on melee tournaments so won't be uh, talking about that since that's uh melee related The other thing is I have just recently, like literally last week, started my studying period for my next financial licensing exam. Um, I do work in finance and there are many different exams that you can pass in finance to get certain licenses. Um, These licenses just basically allow you to legally do stuff (laughs) because obviously it's a very regulated industry. Um, so I'm just starting my uh, my most recent uh, licensing study period. Actually, it's going to take me like three months to do it. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, um, I lost my train of thought. No, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah, so it's going to take me like three months to do it. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Crow is killing me in chat right now. So, so it's going to take me like three months to do it since I have to do it on my own time. Um, it's not, I don't get like time at work to do it. So it kind of sucks. I I have to like clock out of work and then spend another hour, like reading this 560 page book and then answering a bunch of multiple choice questions to practice for it. But you know, it's part of life. You gotta do all these uh, prerequisites in order to advance yourself. Um, that's you could also great. mooch off other people. <laughs> well, I, I could do that, but in my field, I'm pretty sure that would be illegal. And uh, mm-hmm. fenra has got my prints, so I'm You're not lying. trying to... <laughs> they took all 10 of my fingerprints. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Damn, so, all uh, 10 of them. All 10 of them. And you know, you know how I feel you about primacy. You should have
0: tricked them. You should have given them your, your middle finger twice and of so your ring finger.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I could have had them. could have had my <laughs> safety. And then I'll just use my my ring finger like to for to commit all crimes. Oh, oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> you, you'll uh, you'll steal the diamond from the middle of the museum with just your ring finger. Yeah, I'm just like
2: I'm like just balancing it on my ring <laughs> finger the whole time. I mean, uh, a, a diamond on someone's ring finger. Mm, I've heard that true. one before. You have a point. You have a point. Um, something a little more interesting though. Uh, that because I I know. The average person, when they hear finance, their their head starts to droop down and they start to fall asleep. Um, is that I am currently planning with uh, my parents a trip to China. Um, Ooh,
1: nice. However,
2: there is one unfortunate downside about that trip. I will be returning during the weekend of the big house. And that means I will not be in attendance of the big house. There is something cursed about this tournament series for me. I tried to go 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. None of the years worked for various reasons. Finally did make it last year. And this year, unfortunately, I will not be going again. But there's something very cool still about getting to see another part of the world that is so foreign. I'm sure I'm going to eat a lot of great food. I'm going to see a bunch of stuff. Um, and there is a very small chance that I turn up on sunday of big house because one of the main flights uh to and from china actually leaves from detroit and and returns to detroit of course Um, oh wow and so yeah there is a universe where i fly back in on saturday because i would have to anyway because otherwise the jet lag would kill me at work on monday and i just show up to big house on sunday insanely jet lagged out of my mind and just like watch like top eight or top 32 or whatever say hi to people because that would be a lot of fun still but i will say that's like a 10 percent chance right now so for those of you who are attending big house um you will likely not see me unless unless
0: well they might not see you but uh where else can they find you online
2: that's true um (laughs) you know i (laughs) why'd you laugh at that
1: yeah, why did you yeah, say that's, that's true? Where can they find you <laughs> online? Is not the, the that's not the kind of prompt that would so. get a that's true response. All right, you know yes. what? I'll, I'll say you just uh, got
0: owned by Edwin Buddy.
2: <laughs> damn it! I almost made it through the episode without getting owned. <laughs> it's all right. I'll have to get my revenge. At, uh the next major we're both at when we play gonna, another best of five. Gonna,
0: oh, okay, you're gonna oh, best, okay. best of five. I was like, <laughs>
2: uh, no, but um, I I feel silly even like mentioning my Twitter because. I, I think like the only times I've posted there in the last like two months are either quote retweeting a commentary graphic, quote retweeting the Melee stats post, that I'm going to be here or tweeting the stream when I'm commentating. I legitimately think those are the only things I've done. But I mean, hey, if you want to know what I'm doing, that's that's how you find out, I guess. But I don't really post like very actively there these days, mm-hmm. um, but it is SSB underscore seal um i also have the same on youtube and twitch which i'm not super active on either i did i did post the morse vs. j move game three though that's the only only footage you can find is on my youtube channel there so
0: nice corner in the market
2: yeah um yeah that's about it i guess and i'll say um, if people are looking for commentary send me a message i would love yeah. to commentate your tournament <laughs>
0: Well, seal. People might not, uh, you know, people might not be looking for you necessarily, but they'll find you in the comments of most YouTube videos. You can't um, speaking, <laughs> speaking of which, if you want to find us on YouTube, these episodes go up on the Melee Stats archive. You can see our long-form videos over at Melee Stats. If you want to catch us while we're live, twitchtv Stats. Our Twitter is Melee Stats Pod. We have a uh, daily results reporting, and and, uh, other stuff like that, we've got MeleeStats.co, which has weekly articles such as Monday Marty Marth, where the the guy who writes it is wrong, apparently, about every single prediction. Uh, But we also have When's Melee, so you can find what tournaments are happening when uh, every single weekend. And uh, if you love everything we do and you want to support us in the best way possible, Patreon.com slash MeleeStats. Seal, wonderful to get to speak to you. Wonderful to get to hear all 14 minutes of your thoughts on the Chicago hot dog. Um, I hope that we can continue this conversation in person at Riptide. Very excited to go. Very excited to be seeing you there. And uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. a very fun episode. Uh, talking about a tournament that I, I, you know, going into it, I wasn't sure if there was a lot to talk about, but uh, ended up having a, a really great time just going over all the stuff here. And as we talked about, it's going to be a pretty great tournament to watch. I think it's very easy to underestimate how much, like, the storyline's going to this, but it, it really has got a lot going on. So we'll be back next week to talk about everything that happens. I'm sure whatever happens, it's going to be a great tournament, so I'm very excited to come back and uh, talk about next week. We will see you then. Peace. See you guys.